Welcome. Hello, hello, and welcome. Glad you could be here. Thanks for joining us. I'm Dan, your friendly fishmonger from dancefish.com. We do this every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. I tell you what's going on at dancefish.com. Then we geek out on fish. I answer questions and comments, and we generally talk aquarium fish stuff. So if you were looking for the skydiving channel, I'm sorry, this is not it, <laughs> but you're welcome to pull up a chair and hang out anyway. Candy Overholes letting me know the audio is good. Thank you, Candy. Appreciate it. Um, one small note before we get going today. Mods, I think I'm going to uh, nix the thing of having you feed me comments. And it's nothing. I mean, you guys did a great job of doing that. But the issue is that. I'm not sure it solved the problem, even though you did exactly what I asked you to do. What ended up happening, it appeared to me, is I just got as behind on the comments the mods were feeding me as I do in the general chat anyway. <clears throat> anyway, um, so I was thinking about it and it's like, I think I just had them do all that extra work for no real result because instead of being uh, behind in the general chat, I was just super behind on what the mods were sending me anyway. So that was my takeaway from it after thinking about it for the last week or so. So um, mods, you're welcome to send a question or comment my way if you find it really interesting. That would be fine. Um, but I think having you feed me all the questions and comments um, resulted in the same problem basically as we always have, which is, it's not even really a problem, just the same thing that we always have, which is me super behind in the chat. Um, so I hate for you to do all that extra work for, <laughs> for no real reason. So my plan now is I'm, I'm, when I can breathe for a minute, I'll dig into Nightbot a little bit and see if I can get Nightbot to configure things so that anything that has a dance fish in it appears on a screen on Nightbot and nothing else appears. And so I can just have all that condensed for me. So that's what I'm thinking might be the better um, solution. But I appreciate you doing it. You guys did a great job. And again, if anything particular pops out at you or I'm missing someone's question or comment and I've gone past it and just didn't see it or something, then yeah, always feel free to feed me stuff if you want. But doing that thing where I only respond to questions and comments fed to me by the mods, um, I don't think solved the problem I was trying to solve. So so thank you anyway. Really appreciate it, my mods. But uh yeah. And if you think differently, if you're like, oh, no, from our point of view, that stream went so much better and we should keep doing that. Let me know. I'll listen. But just just from my point of view, that's where I stand. OK, let's get into it. So we're going to start with the shipping report, which is that I am so happy to say once again, zero losses, zero problems as far as I know. So I ask all the customers when I send fish out um, for those that might be new at dancefish.com is a website where our main business is we sell aquarium fish online and we take great pains to make sure that those fish are healthy and shipped in such a way that they'll get to their new home alive, but not just alive, but alive and in good enough shape to, um, to be live long-term long-term success is our goal. So as far as, so whenever I ship out, I ask customers, please let me know if there was a problem. Let me know if they arrived in good shape or not or whatever. And, uh, customers generally are pretty good about doing that. So as far as I know, um, again, no losses in shipment, um, this last week since I last talked to you guys. So, I mean, 
someone let me know if I'm forgetting one. If you're a customer, you're like, nope, mine died and I told you, you know, please let me know, correct me. But I don't think that's the case. I think two weeks in a row, 100% arriving alive and doing, doing pretty well. Someone did tell me that they did actually lose a couple of fish, but they jumped. <laughs> they jumped out of the tank. So I, I don't really count that one. <laughs> that was nothing to do with the shipping. So, all right. I have an exciting, um, couple of exciting things. The import report, as we call it, totally ripping that off from Tropical Fish Hobbyist Magazine. They used to do that years ago. Um, I did receive a call from my supplier in Nigeria a couple days ago. He thinks that they're actually going to be able to book the shipment and the fish from Africa, a bunch of neat killifish and, and other little, um, the J barb and some other things that I've been looking for for a long time, hopefully will be arriving in November. Now, it's more progress than we've had. He's, he's literally working with the airlines right now to book the flights which we could not even get to that point before with all the shutdowns in West Africa from COVID. So he's working with the airlines to book the flights. So the airlines are starting to move again from um, Nigeria to the United States. So hopefully we can put in a bid that's accepted and we can get our cargo on a plane in November and get it here. So working on that, it's not official yet. There's a 10 million things that could go wrong and keep that from happening, but it's the most encouraging um, movement we've had on the import from Nigeria since COVID started. So that's good news. Have a bunch of neat hobbyist bred and raised rainbow fish arriving tomorrow, including several radinocentris, which I'm really excited to get and, and other things. Um, and this is someone that actually goes and collects rainbows and has uh, pedigrees and provenance on all the fish that they sell. So really good source. I'm excited to work with them. So this will be my first time getting rainbow fish from them, but uh, they'll arrive tomorrow and uh, we'll see how it goes. I might do an unboxing tomorrow. I want to. The problem is, if I show you this, all those bags on the table, those I still have to ship. I still have to catch the fish that go in those bags tonight and after this live stream. And then I've got about that many again, I don't know, 100 or so more after I do those ones that I have to get done tonight. So I've got a long night in front of me and I've been uh, doing nothing but packing fish since early this morning. So I'm probably going to get to bed pretty late tonight and it's going to, and I'll have to get up really early tomorrow to get all the fish to, um, out before FedEx, UPS, etc. close tomorrow. So, um, tomorrow's going to be a really busy day. Plus I have that order of, of hobbyist bread rainbows coming in. All, what I'm trying to say with all that is that, um, it's going to be a crunch and I, uh, if I'm scrambling to get fish ready to get out uh, so I can send them out to you guys tomorrow, then I might not have the time to make an unboxing video of the new rainbows, but I'll try my best. The last bit of news before we get to the giveaway for tonight, and it's a giveaway I'm very excited about, but the last thing before we get to that is I've had to switch back to UPS for shipping, at least for now. It's kind of a weird story, but uh, the rates with FedEx kind of suddenly spiked and there were some issues with the, uh, the company I partner with to get those rates and things. And so the rep at FedEx told me that 
So now instead of costing $30 to send a large box to the East Coast, let's say, well, it's not even 30, what is it? About 40 bucks. Um, it, basically the rates have doubled. So FedEx rates suddenly doubled on me and the rep was like, no, that's a mistake, we're fixing it. But so far they're not fixed. And so while I'm waiting them to fix it, if they ever do, um, I switched to UPS because I can, UPS costs me a little bit more than FedEx, but is still much more affordable than twice <laughs> the shipping rate that they had last week. So uh, he thinks it's like an error in the system and he's working, my, my rep is working to get it fixed, um, but been working on this since last week, end of last week with him and it's still a problem. So not sure what's going on there exactly, but same rates will apply to you guys. I'm not going to increase your rates. Um, at least I hope not. Um, I hope that we can get it fixed real quickly and, um, but it'll be UPS instead of FedEx until we can get this all figured out. So, all right. With that, we'll get to the giveaway. And after the giveaway, we'll get to your questions and comments and kind of geek out together on fish. So if you're new here, if you have any questions about keeping aquarium fish, breeding and raising aquarium fish, uh, building a fish room, any of that stuff, that's that's places I generally feel pretty comfortable. Um, I, I don't know a whole lot about monster fish. I don't keep a lot of outdoor ponds. You know, there are there are some limits. I, I do very little with aquarium plants, but generally um, most questions and comments, I can add a little value. So if you have them, um, once I'm done this spiel I'm about to go into about the giveaway, then uh, feel free to start listing your questions and comments and we'll get to them as much as we can. So the giveaway tonight is my all-time favorite fish. It is Fundalopanchex gardneri. Uh, they come from many, many different locations. And one thing I love about them is how variable they are. So you have some with these bright yellow margins on the fins, right? And lots of red spots, nice blue color, nice red division on the sub margin with the margin on the unpaired fins. Just really, really pretty fish. And then there are others like this one where the red and yellow on the fins is, is not the same, but you have red spotting throughout. Still a re really, really pretty, gorgeous, gorgeous animal. So there's so much variation between those two types. Here's one that's kind of halfway between, right? Some of the fins have yellow, um, some don't. This one doesn't even really have a red margin. It has a row of red dots, which is close to a red margin, but not quite a red margin. So just a, a, a species of fish or a group of fish that has a ton of variation, which is one reason I like them so much. Uh, you can find a location that's good for you. The other reason I really like them is they're super hardy. They go, don't get too big, so you can keep them in most aquariums. They get a couple inches maybe. Um, they're very colorful, easy to breed, prolific. They lay a lot of eggs. The eggs don't tend to fungus on most strains. There are a few locations that are rare and hard to propagate and things. But in general, most locations of Fundalopanchex gardneri are very easy to breed and raise. The babies hatch out big enough to eat baby brine shrimp right away. So in my book, that makes them a cinch to raise. And they're out and about and spunky. 
they, in my experience, they aren't just hiding all the time. They get to know their owner. They'll come out. They'll they'll beg for food. Um, they'll display and all that. So, just an all round amazing killifish. One thing about killifish, though, and this goes with almost every species, is they're expert jumpers. They can jump through cracks that you didn't even know existed. So, it's very important with killifish to have a nice tight fitting lid and not have a situation where you have like a hang on back filter you have that gap between the lid and the filter so the water can flow down um they'll they'll jump right out of that you'll think there's no way they can get out of that crack trust me they can they're they're as bad as wild type bettas in that respect so those are the fish that we are giving away and the person who is providing that this week is Josh from Just One More Fish. So Josh, thanks so much. Josh has provided fish for several giveaways now. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate the generosity. And this is Josh's store on getgills.com. This is Just One More Fish. Um, And I didn't see the gardener I listed. Let me refresh and see if they've gone up yet. I think his plan is to give away the first pair tonight and, and then list or something like that. But he has several items available. So since he's nice enough to provide free fish for us tonight, then uh, I thought I'd promote him a little bit. So if you'd like to enter the giveaway, all you have to do is in, let me make it here, <laughs> is in chat type hashtag go Josh go. If you type hashtag go Josh go in the chat, then you'll automatically be entered to win a pair of Fundal Panchax Gardneri, which is that my favorite fish of all time. So with that, I think we're all set up. I see that Candy Overholes just listed the link to uh, Just One More Fish's store. Thank you, Candy. So with that, I think we're all set. Let me just double check I got this hashtag right. Go, Josh, go. Yes. And we'll get to questions and comments now. Brian, throwing down a $5 super chat. Thanks for the amazing rainbows. Was wondering if Glossolepis maculosis is something you were possibly able to get. Um, Brian, that is not one I've seen available yet. So I don't know if that means that my supplier has them and is raising them, but doesn't have any at this moment, or if they simply aren't working with that fish at this time. I've never seen that fish available for me to purchase. But as you can kind of tell, I'm on a rainbow kick. The last few orders I've done, they've had a lot of rainbows in them. So Anytime I see a rainbow that I haven't been able to get previously, I'm just automatically going to order it pretty much if I have room. Now, I'm going to have to be a little careful because this import from Nigeria is very large. And so I do have to make sure I I save some tank space for that. Um, And as it gets more clear that that's actually going to happen, that that import will actually in fact happen, then um, then I'll strategize a little bit. And in in that case, I'm going to have to hold off on getting some rainbows until that Nigeria order comes in. But in general, just rest assured that I am looking for cool rainbow fish and stuff I haven't seen before or brought in before all the time. So yeah, I'm looking. 
Let's look at that fish though. That is not one that I really know. So, so I'll take a moment and see what this sucker looks like. All right, here we are. Glossolepis maculosus. Looks like a nice blue fish. That's almost spotted down the middle. So that's neat. I don't know if I've ever seen another rainbow fish, which is quite like that. So you've got kind of the dark stripe down the lateral line, which a lot of them have um, that stripe in that area. But I don't know if I've seen a lot of spotted ones like that before. That is kind of a cool fish. I wonder what they look like when they're, if there's any pictures here of them like full, full grown. And maybe that is. There you are. Beautiful. <laughs> Don't you hate pictures of preserved fish? It's just like, really? You had to show me that formaldehyde-soaked brown fish? It like, doesn't, doesn't do me a lot of good. <laughs> I get it. That's for scientists, not for us. Um, but Brian, thanks so much for the super chat. Uh, thanks so much for the orders, and I hope you enjoy those fish. All right. I'm scrolling up looking for questions and comments now. So if you have a question or comment for me about keeping acquiring fish, breeding fish, raising fish, building a fish room, uh, the fish business, the fish industry, any of that stuff, shipping fish, um, whatever it might be, I'll let it rip and we'll get to them. Oh, the last thing I wanted to do is I, I, I owe the community a, a bit of an apology, which is up until a few weeks ago, I kept pretty good track of everybody. I was able to, you know, tune in to videos enough that I kind of had an idea of what was going on. If someone had lost a loved one or, or pulled a punchy paints and injured themselves or something. Um, but it's been so insane for the last few weeks working on getting this big warehouse built so I can sell more fish, right? And build the business along with bringing in this import, getting it settled and ready to sell and, and taking care of all the customers and all that, that I'm way far behind. So I apologize. Um, I'm a little out of touch right now with what's going on with, with the folks in the community that I usually keep track of. Please understand all it is is that I am uh, <laughs> super busy and trying to get this warehouse done. Mav RBI, let's, uh, let's take a hint from all the deletions and, and not spam the chat, okay? And if we can't do that, then we're just gonna delete you for life. We don't have time for all that, all right? Let's, let's be a good member of the community. Once or twice you can you can chat, but you don't have to spam the chat. Same with you, Samuel Facey. Let's all behave. Oh, it looks like Samuel was just trying to get uh, the go Josh go hashtag right. So in that case, I understand that. But let's not spam the chat. That makes it really difficult on the mods. And if you get really difficult on the mods, they have the timeout hammer, they have the delete hammer, and they have the eternal ban hammer. So um, be careful. Don't, don't make life hard for my mods. I respect them too much to allow trouble to stick around. Carter Bing, do you have any Corridor's Equus left? The Corridor's Equus sold out super fast. So at this time, I don't. So what I'm going to do is by the end of next week, I'll have... Actually, by Tuesday, I think, pretty much, um, I'll have shipped out all the Corridor's Equus that were ordered. 
And I think there's a couple left because I tend to hold back a f- just a couple fish um, from each batch just in case there's a problem. So let's say you ordered five Corridors Equus. For some reason, uh, they got delayed at UPS's warehouse. They got lost. They didn't arrive for three weeks. They arrived dead. Um, I like to have a few left so that when you told me about that, I could be like, I'm so sorry that happened. I'm going to send you five more next week or something like that. So I do tend, not always, but I do tend to hold a very small reserve to cover for issues, but um, it's very small. So if all the Equus that are currently ordered go and arrive alive and do well, then I probably have a few more that I'll list. But for all intents and purposes, uh, right now, if there's a fish that's sold out, it's, it's sold out. Um, although in, in a week or two, I might have just a couple more to list. The Shodeni puffers are sold out. Those are gone. Um, so everyone that's looking for them, I'm sorry. They sold out like super fast. Um, and it'll, you have to wait till the next import before I have more of those. So I don't hold a reserve on every fish, especially if I don't have a lot of them, but for once, wouldn't it be nice to get a yes or no answer from me? <laughs> like every answer is this explanation. <laughs> I guess the answer, Carter, being is no, I don't have any left. Karen Kay, I've kept clown loaches in the past, but didn't have an issue at the time with snails. But now I do. So I was wondering if they are good snail eaters or is there another loach that I could try? Yes, clown loaches are great snail eaters, Karen Kay. And if you have a large enough tank to house a group of clown loaches long-term, go for it. They're amazing fish. Almost all loaches eat snails though. Uh, Coolie loaches will eat snails. Botia loaches will eat snails. So yo-yo loaches, those are botia loaches. Um, Histrionica, the golden loach will do it. The uh, kubutai loach will eat, lo- will eat uh, snails. Tiger loaches will eat snails. Most loaches will eat snails. And clown loaches are amazing, but please be aware that loaches are very gregarious. They, They thrive in groups with a lot of other loaches around them. They don't feel very comfortable when they're alone or there's only a couple of them in a tank. Really, like, I mean, a dozen or more, they're very happy. Six is fine. I get it. I get it. But, you know, if you can do a dozen or more, you'll see neat behaviors you don't see any other way and they'll they'll settle in in a whole different to a whole different level for you which is really neat to see the reason i'm bringing this up is clown loaches are the same Uh, they generally don't like to be alone or in small groups they like to be in big groups and they get big i mean clown loach will get 14 16 inches maybe bigger they're big like a football and so if you have a small tank that can't hold a big group of clown loaches then I, I would encourage you to buy one of the smaller species. Yo-yo loaches are great. Zebra loaches are great. Um, lots of the smaller loach species. A lot of them only get three to four inches. So that's perfect if you have a smaller tank. You could get a group of six, eight, twelve in a smaller tank. They'll kill all your loach. I keep saying loaches. All your snails. They'll eat all your snails. And they'll be amazing fish to watch in a group. So that's my thoughts on that, Karen Kay. It always makes me a little sad when I see a loach by itself or just a little group of three or something like that in a tank. Um, yes, they'll live, but it's not how they want to be. 
orange cones. My headstanders are spotted. <laughs> yes, <laughs> very good orange cones. Hence the name spotted headstanders. Well, I hope they're doing well for you. All right, chat jumped here. So I'm scrolling up to find, there we are. Chewy, hey Chewy, it's good to see you. Chewy, are you the same dude? You're the same dude, right? That did that podcast for, I don't know, was it for years? I just remember listening to that. Uh, when I was first building the fish room down here, I killed a lot of hours listening to that podcast. I think it was probably you. Um, I don't know why I'm just now connecting those dots, but the other day it dawned on me. I was like, oh, that's Chewy LTD. So if I'm right, thank you for all that so that I killed so many hours uh, while I was building the fish room down here, listening to that podcast about fish. If it's not you, then sorry. And thank you to whoever it was. <laughs> Do you know if the sweet fish, otherwise known as IU, Plecoglossus, which one is it? Plecoglossus altivellus is in the hobby or in aquaponics in the USA or is a major fish used, it's a major fish used in sushi and fresh water. Hmm. I don't know that fish. Uh, let me look at it. It's not like the iridescent shark, is it? Okay, let's take a look at this. Ayu. There it is. Yeah, so here's the fish we're talking about. Chewy, I don't know anything about it other than that looks kind of pretty. It looks like a shiner. I mean, it looks like a North American shiner in a lot of ways. And a lot of those, uh, you know, fish from like China, Asia, but Northern where it's more temperate do look a lot like our shiners. So, nope, I don't know anything about that fish, but it's cool looking, which I could help you out, but never seen that one before as far as I know. John's Fish Room. Do you still have any of the Peru angels? Oh, no, John, I don't. Um, those sold, oh, it's been, I don't know, a month and a half or so since I've had any of those left. Yeah, I wish they're awesome and I'll be getting more in, but I don't have any at this moment. Your wig of Pogo Stemmen is looking lovely tonight. Why, thank you. I, I worked Oh wait, er, got to get a position. There it is. There we are. Yep. Who needs hair when you've got Pogo Stemmen Stellatus Octopus to back you up? <laughs> Let's see. Can we get this? Okay. What do I have to do to get the wig in proper shape for the rest of the live stream tonight? Because we all know appearance is important on camera and we'd hate to have our wig off center there. Something like that. Yeah. A little better. <laughs> Thanks, Candy. So glad you noticed. I worked hard on this. Veranda guy, those two spot cats are becoming a lot more bold and active during feeding time. Awesome. It's cool to watch them appear out of nowhere. They do prefer to hide alone, it seems. Yeah, so this is uh, Mystus bimaculatus is the catfish we're talking about. This is a cool catfish. Let me show this to you guys if you aren't aware of it. I think I've got like four left. Most of them are sold. They're this fish. Look kind of like a sun cat, but the nice thing about them is they don't get very big, three inches, maybe three and a half. So they do fine in community tanks. They will eat fish they can eat in their mouth, but they don't have the massive wide shovel mouth uh, that a lot of predatory catfish have. And they're fun. Once they settle in, they're, they're bold. 
They eat everything. And I know what you're talking about, about hanging out separately. So what they'll do in my tanks is they'll actually clear a little patch of sand and hang out on that over here. And then another one will do it about six inches away. And they'll, they'll go hide in the pipes and behind the filters when they're scared. But when they're not scared, they'll be out hanging out in those little territories. So yeah, I know what you're talking about. I'm glad you like them. They're pretty cool personalities. And the color's not bad. I mean, they're neat. for a catfish, they're a pretty neat looking fish. Okay, Rockford Fishkeeping, a yes or a no? <laughs> okay, a dance fish, do you like fish? Well, let me tell you about my childhood and college and all that, and we'll finally get to a yes, I, I guess I do. <laughs> That's funny, thanks Rockford. <laughs> Sand Creek Aquatics 2, do you know of any source to get feeder snails? Besides other hobbyists, I really don't. Um, I guess, and you might already be doing this, but if, if I needed feeder snails, I guess what I would do is buy a 10 gallon aquarium at the dollar per gallon sale, or even just like a plastic Home Depot container or something, put in some, set it up like an aquarium. I put in a, a sponge filter or something, do regular water changes, all that, maybe plant it to control nitrates and nitrites a little bit. Um, I'd probably put, I don't know what your water's like, but if you have hard calcium rich water, you're golden. And I put some snails in there and I just feed them like crazy and they'll populate massively. So I guess I would just start my own culture like that because I can't think of another reliable source, honestly. Um, if you've got a backyard pond, as a kid, I used to go to my backyard pond and I'd collect little pond snails and I'd sell them to the local pet store for five cents each. That's one way I made money to buy new aquariums and get new fish and stuff. So five cents store credit each. <laughs> but yeah, I would, I think culturing your own is the only way to guarantee, well, there's no guarantees, but pretty much guarantee that you're going to have a constant supply. I don't know of anyone that sells that stuff. If anyone here does, um, please chime in so we can help Sand Creek Aquatics 2 out. Karen K, I have a 75. I've kept two and a 55 in the past for a few years. Clown loaches, yeah. But e even a 75 is going to get pretty cramped for um, a full-grown clown loach. And yeah, for, for a couple years while they're growing up, sure. But they, they do turn into big footballs if they're kept... Um, in a tank where they can grow to their potential. Skippers Aquariums, if you have a question, make sure to type at Dan's Fish. Yes, please. That way it will highlight in bright orange for me like this, and then I'll see it because I ignore all this non-colored chat. And when I'm looking for things to answer, I just scroll and look for these bright orange boxes. That happens when you type at Dan's Fish. So thank you, thank you, thank you, Skippers Aquariums, for reminding everybody of that. I just jumped again. Means I'm too far behind. Peeps lost sheep. Glad we found you. <laughs> how chili how chili rasbora do you think would be good? How many, I'm guessing, for a 75 gallon for a really nice school? So how many chili rasboras in a 75 gallon? Oh man. I think in that size tank, 
a hundred or so would be amazing. That wouldn't be too crowded and you would get, they're such small fish that in that number, you would get the impact of a large group together. So I think somewhere around, I mean, 75 to a hundred would be a good starting point and then see what it looks like. But I can tell you when I get them in, I'll get them in four to 500 at a time, put them in a 75 gallon tank. And by the time I'm down to a hundred or so, that's when I look at that tank and I'm like, Ooh, long-term that would be cool because they're kind of bunched up and schooling throughout the tank. And there's enough room for them to not just be in all areas of the tank at once, but kind of, Oh, uh, how, what am I trying to say? When you have 400 in a 75 gallon, there's no space where you look and you're like, oh, there's no fish there. But when you have like a hundred of them, they might be all on this side over here. And then they might swim as a group in the middle and hang out and move here. And you just see the schooling behavior a little more clearly because there's enough uh, empty water around them, enough negative space around them. You remembered your water. Yes. Cheers. And I brought it back up because I was like, I don't want to run out again. <laughs> so pardon me while I double fist. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Andrew Purr, thanks for helping me with my Amazon puffers, throwing down $2. Andrew, you're very welcome, and I hope they do well for you. Thanks for the super chat. Always appreciated. Never required. But it does make my wife super happy when people throw money at us. And good luck with your new Amazon puffer. Um, I like the Shodeni puffers, and I'm, I'm new to them. But... As of now, Amazon puffers might be my favorite just because they're in the Shodenis might do this later. I, I haven't had them long term, but the Amazons, when I've had them long term, they've been like very interactive with each other and with the other fish in the tank. Whereas the Shodeni, it appears so far, like to kind of hang out by themselves. They don't hurt each other or anything. There's not a whole lot of interaction now. That might be because I haven't had them long term. It might be because they're small. They're an inch or a little less right now. So they're not big. Um, and the Amazon puffers I get in are usually quite a bit bigger. So that might be a maturity thing. But so far, Amazon puffers, if I had to choose one, I really like how they interact together when you have a group of them and hang out with the other fish in the tank and stuff. Veranid guy, in quarantine, they were housed with some Neocaridina coals that didn't eat a single one but they would eat pellets. Oh, interesting. That's interesting. Well, I mean, for people trying to raise live food for their fish, um, Neocaridina are, and Caridina are, are a great option. But, huh. <laughs> okay. Now, I might have missed something on that Veranic guy. Just a second here. Oh, yeah, yeah. So the two-spot cats did not even bother the Neocaridina shrimp for Veranid guy. That's good to know. In my, in my experience, I've kept them with uh, a male betta that's in there with them right now. They don't bother him at all. Kept them with rainbow fish. They didn't bother him at all. So far, they haven't seemed to really bother anything. Now, I assume if it's small enough, they could easily slurp it up that, that they might. But apparently, um, apparently, they didn't bother the shrimp. That's cool. Well, hiya, Kayla's Aquatics. 
Thanks for the 4.99 and for the fun sticker. And it's good to see you, Bob. Hope you're doing well. Um, I saw that you went live today with Mob Guppy or had a, a stream about Mob Guppy earlier. And I really wanted to come by, but I couldn't. I had to be on the computer doing, taking care of some things. Um, but and then packing like crazy today. So I, I did miss it. I hope to catch a replay, but thinking about you, sorry, I haven't chimed in as much and been a little absent, but it's so crazy busy here right now. One dirty platy. Can we get directions to the like button? <laughs> I haven't heard that one before. Dirty platy. That's awesome. Peeps lost sheep. Awesome. Thank you. Hey, you are ever so welcome. Ever so. And I think we actually reached the bottom of the chat. No friggin' way. Which means, of course, that it had to have jumped because that never happens. And so there's probably a whole big section of questions that I totally missed accidentally. Um, so I'm just looking here to make sure that I didn't. Yeah, I think I did it. I'm sure there was a big section lost in the jump. But as of now, I am caught up. I am at the bottom of chat. That never happens. Awesome. <laughs> Benley, my wallet cried a little earlier today, but I'm smiling. <laughs> I hear you, Bentley. I, I, uh, I hope they do well for you, man. So for those who were not here earlier, let me just quickly let you know what the giveaway is tonight. Tonight we are giving away a pair of Fundalo Pantex Gardener Eye. They are provided by Josh from Just One More Fish. So check out Just One More Fish at getgills.com to see what other stuff Josh has. And to enter, the hashtag is GoJoshGo. So if you enter hashtag GoJoshGo in chat, you'll be entered to win a pair of Fundalo Pantex Gardener Eye an awesome killifish and my favorite fish of all time. I just can't say enough good things about them. Killers early congrats on 11,000 subs. Yep, we're getting there. We are we are climbing up in subs and with everything going on uh getting this warehouse built and all that um I have been neglecting my channel a little bit. Uh, there's a lot of weeks recently where all I've done is a live stream once a week. So I haven't been able to do many videos in addition to that. So I was a little worried that all momentum would cease, that if I wasn't doing videos on how to breed a certain fish or keep a certain fish or building or, and all that stuff that I do in addition to this live stream, that I generally do in addition to this live stream, that we would kind of stagnate. But we haven't. We, we slowed down a little bit because when you're not putting in the work, to, to put out videos every couple days or whatever, you know, there's less reason for people to come by. So it did slow down a bit, but it's still growing. So thank you to everyone that comes by. Thank you for those that sub, that hang out. I'm glad you're here. And uh, we are real close to 11,000 subs. That is right. Thank you, Kayla's Aquatics. Beast Tart, cold water tank ideas. Okay, I can actually help you here. I love cold water tanks. I've kept a lot of fish. Let me show you some of my favorites. We all know the Rainbow Shiner, so I'm not going to talk about that one. But let's show you. See if I can find it. The problem is, maybe it's Scarlet. I wanted to show, here it is. This is a Scarlet Shiner. These guys are really cool. This is a native species. Um, I've kept them. I found them to be very hardy. They get, oh, three, maybe four inches. And all the ones in these pictures are a little bit stressed. 
but they do get these bright red tips on the fins. And they're one of my favorites of all the shiners. Let's see if I can find one that... No, they're pulling them all out of the water, like, and holding them out of the water for these pitchers. So naturally, they're going to be stressed. Here we go. That pitcher's in kind of dim light, so it doesn't show them as good as you could, but it's a pretty good shot. It shows you some of their iridescence, some of their body pattern in the bright red. One of my favorites. I also like the fiery black. These guys are fantastic. They look every bit as good as this. Um, and they flare that dorsal fin a lot, and it's like a bright flag. They really are a beautiful, beautiful fish. Here's another, ooh, I saw another good picture of them. Here we go. They're just fantastic. I really like fiery black shiners. There you go. That's a good shot. Yep. And in like they look that good. Even if that picture has been edited or whatever, they really are super bright, super beautiful fish. So the fiery black shiner is fantastic. Um, you can go with uh, a lot of the different hill trouts. A lot of these guys like it fairly cool, come from more temperate climates. A lot of the rhinogobius are good. In fact, I have two species right now that would do fantastic. I have Rubro maculatus, and I have a, a wooey type, um, a white cheek type, which I've, I've got to get listed. I've had it for a while and haven't had time to list it. But a lot of these gobies, if you look for the ones from Japan and from China, are from temperate areas. And they're beautiful. They have tons of personality. Even the, just the brown ones, they're not all beautiful. Some of them are more brown than others. But... Even the ones that are kind of brown have amazing personality, do well in cold water tanks. Bitterlings don't get too big. A lot of color on a lot of these guys. I really like the rosy bitterlings myself. But Taiwan bitterlings are pretty as well. There's, there's all kinds of neat bitterling species that you could go with. Um, and a lot of the native killifish. So this guy is my, perhaps, probably my favorite of the native killifish. This is um, the northern studfish, Fundulus catenatus is the name. And there's a couple different species of, of this type of larger fish. These guys get eight inches, maybe a really big one would be nine inches. Um, so plan on six to nine inches. Beautiful fish, though. I found them to be very hardy and breed really well in aquariums. Just don't get them too hot and have plenty of oxygen saturation in the water because they come from pretty swiftly flowing streams and they like to hang out in the rocks kind of at the bottom of those streams. Those kind of typical river rock sized rocks that you would see um, for sale at a landscaping store so that you could, you know, cover your yard with them or whatever. Really, really cool fish. But there's lots of different fundalists. Most of them do pretty well in cold water. Here's another one. Here's a great shot of fundalus catenatus. So, I mean, they remind me of an Aphiosimian striatum with those kind of tiny red dots on blue and the, and the yellow and red on the fins. And this, this red kind of blaze, I'm sorry, yellow blaze behind the eyes 
it's really cool. Let's see if we can get a good shot of that. Got this yellow blaze on the face. That's that's awesome. So hopefully that's enough to get you thinking. But there's a lot of fish that come from temperate temperate regions. Uh, so our native fish in the United States, the stuff from your uh, weather loaches, you know, dojo loaches. A lot of that stuff likes it cooler. Um, the stuff from far South America. So in Uruguay, you've got. Let's, let me show you a few more. So, um, gymnogeophagus, if you want a cichlid. A lot of these gymnogeophagus species, uh, they're, they're like a geophagus, a little different, but they come from Uruguay, Paraguay, Argentina. So, they're, they can take it pretty cold. Um, Sinolebius... And I know this has a different genus now, probably, than Sinolebius, but I haven't kept up. These guys are amazing. Um, these come from Uruguay, Argentina. And I have a friend, my friend Steve collected them from Uruguay. And they told him when, they were, when he was collecting that sometimes there'll be ice over the pond where they were collecting them. So they can take it down pretty cold. Um, anyway, there's, there's lots of them. And I, I really like a lot of the temperate and native species. We don't see them a lot in the aquarium hobby. And... They deserve some love, but the issue with a lot of them are, then we get into live bears too, right? Um, all those highland Mexican live bears that are so endangered, the goodyids and other things like that. So there's all kinds of fish that do well. The issue is a lot of them don't like it hot. Now some do, like a phaneus will take it really cold and really hot. Um, so will a lot of the fundalist species that we just looked at. But in general, temperate climate fish are used to a cooler temperature and need a lot of oxygen saturation because at cooler temperatures you have higher oxygen in the water. So overcoming those two things um, is the key to keeping them. All right, John Cox, got to give you something else to read. So John Cox is killing time by giving me <laughs> just a comment to read. All right. <laughs> And we didn't even get to like some of the barbs and danios and things, a lot of the cyprinids, um, Buenos Aires tetras, like it cool. If you just look up fish from Uruguay and Argentina, most of those like it cool. Not all of them, but most of them. It's a good place to start. All right. Hang on, catching up on chat here, it jumped on me, but here we go, and just one more fish with Josh. You reached the bottom. Yep, never happens. Let's celebrate with a second giveaway. Fry pack of purple dragon guppies. Awesome. Add another drawing, sir. We will do that. That's amazing. Thank you so much. So, we will do two drawings tonight, thanks to just one more fish with Josh. First will be a pair of Fundalo Panchak's Garden Rye. We'll do that in a bit. And then later on, we'll do a different hashtag to enter for the uh, guppies. Thanks, Josh. Orange cones, bottom of chat. That will never happen again. Probably not. And it probably only happened because chat jumped so severely that like 100 people, their questions and comments just disappeared when it jumped on me. So if that was you, I'm sorry. If I totally missed your question or comment, please feel free to repost it. We don't want to spam the chat, but if I passed your question or comment or it jumped and I, I just 
didn't get to it, then feel free to list it again, please. No worries in that case. Yep, we are recording this in the annals of the Fishmonger live stream. Dan reached the bottom of the chat. Orange Goons. Oh, got that one. Optimus Klein. <laughs> Sounds like a Transformer name. A German Transformer. <laughs> Optimus Klein. NECP Danios coming soon. Yes, I do have a group of Celestial Pearl Danios that will be available, my guess is next week. They came in um, with the rainbow fish order they're doing well they don't have pinch bellies or anything they came in looking good but i did have a couple they came in a little cpds are a rough fish to get in healthy let's say these came in as healthy as i could ever expect did not have pinch bellies which is the first step to success with them but over the first week every couple days there was a loss or two not severe by any means, but when that happens, I just like to give them a couple extra weeks to settle in. So my guess is next week I'll feel comfortable releasing the Celestial Pearl Danios that I have. I mean, unless something happens, if so far they've been good for a while, but uh, if they develop a problem, of course, then it'll be longer. Gary Duncan, I have heard from several people that Kubatai green rasbors are not good shippers. If I can't get them locally, what do you suggest? So, Gary, my experience with those has been that they are a little touchy. And it's funny. It's one of those that sometimes I'll get them in. Well, I don't have a ton of experience. You know what? I don't have enough experience with that fish to give you a really good answer. I'm sorry. But what I would say is if you can't get any locally, then then what are you going to do? Yeah. Then get them shipped in and just do your homework. Uh, try to talk to other people who have bought from whoever you're going to buy them from and all that. And try to do, just get it down to someone who's ship, shipped them successfully and knows what they're doing. Um, I can't help you out on that. I don't have that fish in right now. It's one I really like, but it's a difficult one for me to get in because it doesn't carry a high enough price point for me to bring them in. Um, the way I do business, I have to be able to earn, if I sell fish for less than six bucks, I just automatically lose money. So if a lot of those fish that I really like, but don't command a high enough price in the market, uh, for me to get in, you know, I just miss having them, but can't help you out on that one. At least not yet. Maybe when we scale the margins will shift a little bit, but as of right now, those fish that aren't a high enough price, I just have to avoid for the business's sake. Montana AIDS, if you had to pick an L number Pleco, which one would it be? If I had to do that today, it would be the Goldie Pleco. I'm loving them, the L14. Let me show you these. I'm, I'm sure you know this fish, but if you don't, these are the ones they're talking about. They, they look like this. I mean, they really do look that good. This is not a lie. This picture is probably not even touched up or anything. They're just amazing looking. So I really like them. Um, they, they've won my heart. What can I say? <laughs> I've never kept a Pleco I didn't like so far. That being said, I've kind of only kept like bushy nose, rubber lips, clowns, um, Starlight, I wanted to say Starry Night because Van Gogh gets in my head. Starlight Plecos, 
I think it's L182 that I have, 181, something like that. I'd have to look. Um, the L201 and the Goldie Plecos. I don't have a lot of experience with Plecos, but those Goldie Plecos are so pretty and they're just fun. So I really like them. So if I had to pick today, I'd go with those ones. Those are the ones I find myself uh, gravitating to as I move around the fish room. Troy VSC have 15 gallon column tank with guppies and a crayfish. What other fish could I house in that tank that won't become an expensive snack for the crawfish? Was thinking honey gourami or CPDs. Personally, I would avoid CPDs just because they're smaller. And I, I just feel like the crayfish would have a good shot at getting them, especially since CPDs, especially for the first few weeks after you get them, kind of hug surfaces. They don't swim out midwater as much. They want to be around the substrate or around decorations and things and kind of hang around that stuff. And that's where the crawfish will be, right? They'll be hanging out right down there and one swim by might get them. Now, I don't know how big the crayfish is. I don't know which kind you have. There are some tiny little micro species of crayfish that can't hardly wrestle down anything, but I'm just imagining something larger, like an electric blue crayfish or something. Crayfish, crawfish. I don't know how to say that. <laughs> so my thought would be, it's a column tank. So I think you're, I think you're on track there with the garami because the column tank isn't going to have a lot of swimming, you know, width-wise. It's kind of a vertical tank is what I'm picturing. So a garami would do fairly well in a tank like that. Um, I'd say a honey garami might be a good choice. I just wouldn't get a little baby. I would, I would try to find one that was a little bigger because then it has more of a chance of escaping the crayfish. Now, that being said, at any time, that crayfish could catch a guppy could possibly catch a garami. Um, anything that isn't kind of a large fish, they might be able to grab when it's asleep or, or, you know, once they catch it, once their claws go, then it might be lights out for the fish. So you've got lucky right now with the guppies, but I don't want you to be under the impression, Troy, that just because your crayfish is doing well with your guppies now, that that's going to be a forever thing. Crayfish can get a pretty predatory. I mean, you could go for a year and not have a problem and then suddenly there goes your guppy, right? So it's just a little bit of a gamble. All right. Veranid guy, how do you feel about the blanket ban on Channa? I know some large species are destructive, but it's kind of a shame we can't even get the small to medium varieties. Yeah, I, I wish I could keep Channa. I do. I think snakeheads are awesome. I really wish I could keep them. Some of them are so pretty. Some of them are neat. Um... I don't like the blanket ban. This, by the way, little tangent here. This is why it's... Uh, uh, some things just really frustrate me. This is why it's so important for us to be good hobbyists and uh, do things right. This is why there's certain YouTube channels that really bother me when I see uh, how they're treating fish and what they're doing and just grabbing a... Uh, what am I trying to say? Okay. There are states like Maine that have pretty much a blanket ban on keeping fish. They have a whitelist, right? So they tell you the species you can keep. Okay, you can keep guppies. Congratulations. I mean, guppies are great, but that's all you could keep. You can keep, you know, a small list of fish. 
the reason that those types of regulations come about is because people do horrible things with fish. Um, they'll abuse them and just keep them in horrible conditions. They'll catch a big old fish and throw it in their backyard kiddie pool to make a video. Um, there's all kinds of stuff that I see that just makes me think, A, I feel sorry for the fish, but B, that if this kind of behavior goes on, that we're going to get regulated. People are going to say that's not right. And if we don't self-regulate by just being mature hobbyists, right? Like being thoughtful and a little cognizant of what we're doing, that there's going to be a lot more bans coming down the pipeline. And when I think of Chana and I think, oh, a species that was banned, I think of all the other species that I love and that are neat that could possibly be banned um, just because people are not responsible when they keep fish. So whether they're just not treating them right and that upsets a large enough group of people that they'll press for regulation or they release them and you have habitat destruction like has happened with the Chana species or Nate, pick your poison. There's a million ways that can go wrong. But when I think of Chana, I think, man, it would be nice if there's, they would release species of Chana that we could keep and we could enjoy responsibly. Right. But then I think of, all the cases that, uh, all the things that happen that result in that kind of regulation, I'm like, there's no way they're gonna do that. Once they banned the Chana or the Arowana or whatever, um, the odds of getting that back are so slim. So I'm probably preaching to the choir. I, I doubt folks here, if you're here, you're way into fish and you're probably like, trying to do it right. But, you know, Shanna got banned for a reason. And unfortunately, the entire group did instead of just specific species that are a threat. But, you know, we're, we're on the hook for much more of that if as a whole, right? If, if there's enough bad apples in the barrel, the whole barrel will spoil, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. That was an awkward way to express all that. I'm sorry, that did not come out succinct or, or very clear probably, but I worry about that. It's the same way I worry about people that ship fish poorly because if we ship fish in such a way that they don't do well and bags leak and FedEx and USPS and UPS end up with these mushy boxes that damage all the boxes around them and have big problems with other customers because our fish boxes leaked all over the packages for other customers and things like that, then, you know, one day they're just going to be like, okay, enough. We're not doing fish anymore. These people don't know how to do this in a way that doesn't damage our business and the property of our other customers. So it's, it's stuff like that, that, that really bothers me, including stuff that we do that ends up with entire groups of fish being banned because they were released into the wild, which is horrible. Okay, let's try to get back to positive land. Terry's Tropical Tanks, ever doing drape fin barbs again? Yes, Terry's Tropical Tanks, absolutely. Um, the source for drape fin barbs has is, is just not been shipping since COVID. So it's been a while since they've even been available. Um, so I haven't seen a list from that supplier in a while. 
And hopefully when this all relaxes, that supplier comes back. If not, I'm going to have to find another way to get that fish. But yes, drape fin barbs are my all-time favorite barb. I will bring them in again and again and again. I'm going to show those off, actually. For those that don't know the joys of the drape fin barb, these guys are fantastic. They're just so beautiful. And when they're in full display mode, I mean, this is, they really are gorgeous with that tall dorsal fin all filled out like that when those males display. They're amazing. Unfortunately, this is what they usually look like when you see them in a pet store. They look like this. The, you know, they're not, I'm not going to say this fish is horribly stressed or anything, but they don't have a reason to display and be themselves. But once they've settled in and they're, they're doing their thing, they are absolutely amazing. Probably my favorite barb. Yeah. All right. Hang on. I'm looking. I saw someone asking about the rummy nose on the site. They sold out within, it was quick. <laughs> I listed them and then the next day they were all sold out. So it was only a few hours. So I don't have any more rummy nose right now. Okay. Look in here. Chat jumped on me, folks. Sorry, I'm getting back to it. And, and sorry about ranting awkwardly and poorly about bad fish keepers and people that do things that aren't good for the fish just for videos and do things that end up in bands and stuff. Uh, but I mean, it's not the type of thing I like to dwell on, but it really bothers me. And I think we're all in jeopardy of it, of the effects someone doing something poorly could affect all of us. We won't have access to the, to the fish that we love. And it, it scares me a little bit and it bothers me that people do that. Terry's tropical tanks. I would love to keep North American species, but doing so thanks to USFWS is a legal dumpster fire. Not really Terry's tropical tanks. Um, check it out. But generally when there are regulations about that, usually the majority of it is you can't keep fish native to your own state. Now, again, every state is different, so you will have to check it out. But a quick call to your local fish and game uh, office, fish and wildlife office, could clear this up for you, whatever it is in your state. But in general, you can keep stuff as long as it's not original to your state. And sometimes you can keep stuff that's in your state as well. So each state is different, but I don't think that's a horribly difficult Thing to navigate. Not in the states I'm aware of or have sold native fish to or bought native fish from or all that. So it's worth checking into if you're interested in it. It might not be as, uh, as much of a dumpster fire as you think. Alishon, yes, did you mention rainbow dace is a cool water fish? I didn't. Oh, and I didn't talk about darters either. So Rainbow Dace, not to be confused with the Rainbow Shiner. Pretty cool fish. One that's actually available. Um, they're often called the, what, the, the Red Shiner, I guess. I mean, I've seen them in Petco, for crying out loud. They're around. They are really pretty. I have a feeling that the color saturation on this one might have been turned up a bit. But they are pretty. They have nice red on blue. Neat, neat fish. Sometimes you'll actually see them mixed in with bait fish sometimes. Really hardy. Not hard to keep at all. Easy to breed. One of the best natives to be to start with. And then, of course, 
My favorite darter, throat. I, I spelled throat trote. <laughs> Here we go. These guys. And there's all kinds of amazing darters. These are my favorite because they were the first one that I kept and bred and raised successfully. They are absolutely stunning. And when it's not cold, they do keep this breeding coloration, in my experience, from spring till winter. So as long as the temperature is above 60, 65 degrees, they really do keep this nice breeding coloration. Beautiful, beautiful fish. I really love orange throat darters. What I would suggest if you're going to get into darters is you look from some, for some that are from more of their southern range. So orange throat darters you can find way up north on down through the south. If you get them from the south, they might be used to kind of warmer aquarium conditions and do better for you. There are a lot of darters that don't do well in warm water. Um, so look for the southern range darters more. Could be a helpful tip on that one. Skipper's Aquariums throwing down five bucks and asking if it's time for a giveaway. Why, Skipper's Aquariums? I think it is time for a giveaway. Let's do that and then we'll try to get to John's fish room question about air pumps. Okay, so let's draw the winner. This is for a pair of Funnel of Panjax Gardener Eye provided by Just One More Fish with Josh. This is his store. Just One More Fish at Get Gills if you want to support Josh and thank him for uh, providing the giveaways. And this isn't the first one. I think this is like the fourth or fifth or sixth one Josh has done. He's done several. So we're going to do this. And then after that, we're going to give away some guppies. And which one was it, Josh? Could you remind me which guppy it was? Was it the purple one? Um, Josh, would you remind me which guppy we're giving away next? Okay. So here's for the killifish. The winner is Mr. Fish, sir. <laughs> That's an awesome name. <laughs> Mr. Fish, sir. Hey, congratulations. You have won a pair of this fish, Fundula Panchak's Gardener Eye, my all-time favorite fish ever. Beautiful little killifish. So just need you to chime in. Let us know that you're here. And then I need you to send me an email, dan at dansfish.com, so that I can connect you with uh, just one more fish so that you can claim your winnings and figure out shipping and all that stuff. So thanks again to Josh for doing this. I, I really, really appreciate it. It's awesome. Mr. Fish, sir, is here. Congratulations. That's awesome. It just makes me want to like stand at attention. <laughs> it's a great username. <laughs> all right, let's change our, real quick, I want to see if Josh told me which, um, which guppy it is. Can I search? It would be nice if I could search in chat, wouldn't it? I think it was the purple guppy. Let's see here. Let me see. Purple Dragon Guppy Fry Pack. Okay, so to enter to win that one, let's change the name from Go Josh Go to Dragon, since they're purple dragons. So to win the guppies, 
please enter hashtag dragon in the uh, chat and you'll be entered to win a fry pack of purple dragon guppies um, a little later tonight. Let me write this down so I don't forget again. I'm not firing on all cylinders. <laughs> Just from lack of sleep. So I got to write down stuff that I would normally not have a problem remembering because my mind is a little slippery right now. All right. Cool. Thanks again, Josh. Really appreciate you providing the items for the giveaway tonight. It's very generous of you. Okay. I was getting up to a question about pumps. So let me get back up there and see if I can find it again. Woo. This is thirsty work. Hang on, folks. I'm just trying to find that last uh, that last question about pumps that I missed before. If it will let me get oh, John's fish room. What size air pump for 35 tanks? Most are 10s and 20s. So the one that I really like is for a small small, smaller fish room like that would be the diaphragm pump from Gemco. Let me show it to you here. So here's Gemco. Let's see here. This would be hardware, air pumps. Let's see here. Where's air pumps? That under products. This is the one thing about Gemco. They're, they're awesome. Their stuff is awesome. Their website, it's not... Hang on, let me just look for air pump. Their website's a little hard to navigate. Diaphragm air pumps. Okay, good. This little guy right here can do a lot. Um, this is the one I had. I had two of them. I believe it was the DAPMH15. Yeah, about 84 bucks. Um, and I had two of those in my... Doing my... Uh, fish in college one did the bedroom and one did the patio so and and i had great luck with it it was quiet enough i could sleep in my bedroom without any problem you hardly hear the thing so you might need something like this a little bigger based on 35 tanks but when they say 25 to 35 outlets versus 12 to 20 outlets it totally depends on how deep the tank is this this even though it says just 20 outlets, since you're only doing like 10 gallon tanks, pretty shallow tanks in some 20s, um, it might be able to power that. So I would call Gemco and talk to them and say, which of these should you get based on the ratio you have of 10 gallons to 20 gallons? In my experience, they were great. Um, I don't think a linear piston pump would be the way to go. Although if they tell you it is, I would just listen to whatever they say. Honestly, they've never steered me wrong, except for in one case. And, you know, they didn't mean to. Um, and I've been dealing with them for a couple decades. So one little thing they did didn't work for me once. And that was a drill bit they sold me to, to drill my, my glass holes in the aquariums for my bulkheads to go in. Um, it's not that they... Did anything wrong it's just i found that the local cheap ones at home depot worked better than the super fancy centered ones and all that that they have at gemco so 
it's not that they did anything wrong. It's just I found a better solution. But that's the first time in a couple of decades dealing with them that I've ever had anything where I was found anything better. They just do an awesome job. So linear piston pumps usually, from what I remember, it, it, that small size of tanks, 35 tanks, linear piston pump is probably going to be overkill. Um, and the diaphragm pumps worked really well for me. So that's my suggestion. I hope that all made sense. I'm, I'm pretty tired folks. So I'm distrusting. It's funny. There's been, there's sometimes when I'm exhausted like this, I don't have a real sense of how the stream is going. And then if I watch it a few days later, so I can read the chat or something, I'll watch it. And usually by the time I'm done, I'm like, Oh, that was okay. That was actually better than, than when I'm rested. So I'm in that right now. I'm kind of in the, the fugue of just being really tired and hoping that what I say is coming out succinctly because too tired to know exactly what's happening right now. It's a little funky. Merrick Tom Chick. Hi, Dan. Angelfish spawning in a community 55. Eggs get eaten on day three. Even a few good ones. Will they keep spawning or will they give up after some time if they cannot raise the young? So Merrick, they'll probably keep spawning. And, you know, some pairs eventually learn and raise the babies. Some pairs never do. So I don't know if they'll actually successfully raise them or not. But in my experience, angelfish generally kind of keep spawning as long as they're happy. Sakana Katana, would Gardner Achilles go well with sparkling garamis? No, I think the Gardner Achilles would probably if not eat the sparkling garamis, um, you could have issues there. So a, a full grown Fundalopanchax gardneri at two, two and a half inches is a fairly bulky fish with a big enough mouth that I don't know for sure if it would take down a sparkling garami, but I would worry about it. Hiram Santiago, I did not see the rummy nose. Okay, yeah, so I'm sold out of rummy nose and don't have any plans to get any more uh, in the foreseeable future. I like them, but that's another one that's difficult for me to do um, from a financial standpoint, just because it's hard to charge enough for rummy nose that I don't actually lose money. Jeff Chambers, look at lionfish and common plecos destroying native environments. Oh, I know. I'm, I'm well aware, Jeff. Um, I, when I see those pictures of those Florida Springs, just full of Placostomus, it, so in the farms, just keep cranking them out. It's just, ah, anyway, bothers me. Plecos and the lionfish. I'm, I'm aware. Like if I could go spear fishing and catch a few hundred pounds of lionfish, that would, that sounds like a good vacation to me. <laughs> Gary Duncan, what are your thoughts on when you have a fish die, letting the snails and other fish eat it? So Gary, uh, the best advice I have is take that body out as fast as you can. The reason I say that is because that's what real fish veterinarians have told me. So I don't know all the ins and outs of it. I just trust them. But the basic idea is if you have a decaying body in the aquarium, that's just a breeding ground for lots of different protozoans and organisms that could breed to a critical mass that they become a problem in your aquarium. Also, you can get an ammonia spike and a nitrite spike and water chemistry can get out of whack. But um, 
In general, from what I've learned at the Aquarium Fish Vet conferences, they have specifically said, no, get those bodies out as soon as you can. It'll, there's all kinds of issues that could develop by leaving a dead fish in a tank just to kind of decompose. Now, there are definitely plenty of times that fish die and we don't know because they, they die behind a plant or behind a rock or, you know, we just don't know. And one day we just realize, hey, I can't find that fish anywhere. So it's not like it's not going to happen. But when possible, I would say that uh, you want to take them out just because that's what veterinarians tell me. Orange cones, please also be responsible with aquatic plants. Yeah, same issue with plants, right? If I have no one responsible to take excess plants, I freeze the excess for a month to ensure they don't get out into the environment. Yep, plants are the same thing. Last Raven 215, I agree with Dan's fish in Maine, for example, they ban pretty much everything reasonable. Yeah, if, if you're in Maine and you're a fish keeper, you're not in Maine because you can't be a fish keeper in Maine almost. There's very little that you can have. And again, one of the reasons it's so important to me to change this industry for the better and do things in a way that are, is ethical and responsible in, in 2020 standards as opposed to the standards of 1950 or 1970 when the industry kind of, when, when a lot of the procedures were set in place and the supply chain kind of started developing out and all that stuff is because if we don't self-regulate, if we don't do a good job and keep up with the standards of today, as far as what the general populace thinks, as far as ethics and the morality of keeping animals and all that stuff, then, then we're going to get regulated. Like there'll be pressure put on governments to say, this is horrible what these people are doing. We have to shut that down. Right? So besides the fact that I just really like fish and respect them, also, I'm in the fish business and I need this to be sustainable long-term. And the only way it will exist and be sustainable long-term is if we self-regulate and up our game to today's standards. So yeah. All right. I've got to get off that soapbox. You guys are probably sick of hearing it, <laughs> but it's so important to me because I want to regulate and choose myself what to do to improve things rather than have eventually a government body step in due to pressure put on them and regulate things with no knowledge of really the industry and how we work and do things. Because that's when, that's when we get regulated in a way that isn't useful and it doesn't make sense to us because like, but that fish isn't dangerous. It just happens to share the same genus name as this other fish, but the government doesn't know that they're just trying to, you know, appease a population that's making noise. So Bryce Hoffman, how important is calcium in fish food? More important for live bears. Um, calcium is really important in fish food. So is the right kind of vitamin C and all that. Um, I don't think it's a thing though, where you're going to find a commercial fish food that lacks calcium in general, they're pretty savvy to the needs of calcium. And it's such a cheap ingredient that they don't have a problem putting plenty of calcium in the fish food. Uh, that's my general thoughts on that. Hiram Santiago, what are those orange and yellow fish behind you? These 
are um, Golden Roseline Barbs. And I'm sad to say I don't have any more available. The last three were ordered, I think, earlier today. Which reminds me, if you ordered today or emailed today, I know I haven't gotten back to you. It's going to be probably tomorrow evening before I can because I've still got a ton of fish to pack tonight. I've got to get up really early tomorrow and get everything to UPS before they close at 5. And so it's not going to be probably till after 5 o'clock tomorrow. And then I have to feed the fish, medicate anything that needs it. So it's going to be 7 or 8 tomorrow evening my time before I can hit my inbox again. So if you're waiting for a message or a reply from me, that's why, and I'm sorry. Um, but uh, I'm getting to it as quick as I can. I'm just kind of overwhelmed right now. My inbox is got a lot in it and there's a lot going on. And the reason I that brought that up is just because someone ordered them today. I, I saw the order. I'll confirm tomorrow. All right. Troy VSC. Is it a full size electric blue? It is a full size electric blue crayfish. Okay. Have both male and female guppies. So always have a supply in the tank. If if the crayfish gets one here or there, they breed more. Cool. So with a full-size electric blue crayfish, Troy, I would just realize that whatever you put in there might become food for the electric blue crayfish. So as long as you're okay taking that risk, then then go for it. Yeah. But just be aware that the risk exists. I would hate for someone to like be super attached to this little CPD that they put in there, right? And just love it and for months, they're just loving the CPD, and then one day they see the lobster just right. That <laughs> that would be that would not be a good day. Trey Rep, or probably yeah, Trey Rep, or is it Reppy? I can go with Trey Rep. I think one reason they banned all Chana because some bad importers might try to pass off illegal species as legal Chana. I know there is another YouTube channel in England that's dealing with that. Yeah, I mean. Exactly. When when they do pass regulations, they don't get in the minutia of things. It's just it's just this broad thing that happens. Yeah. No no regulators, no no people that make those laws have the time or the expertise to do it in a way that's gonna satisfy you and me as a fish keeper. So so let's do things right so they don't have to. Kayla's Aquatics throwing down nine ninety nine and it's Pippi Longstocking. Thanks, Bob. I appreciate the super chat. Always nice to see you, Pippi. It's <laughs> my favorite sticker of all time. I love it. <laughs> um, all right. So with that, Bob's probably telling me, okay, he's warning me that it's 822. Let's do the last giveaway and then I'll get to any questions I can. So this last giveaway here is for a pair of, no, a not a pair a fry pack of purple dragon guppies from Just One More Fish with Josh. Thanks again, Josh. So let's draw that. And the winner is Cichlids23. Cichlids23, come on down. You're a winner. So Cichlids23, if you would reply in chat that you're here, huh? Says Cichlids23. Yep, you won. You have won the guppies. So if you'd send me an email, your first and last, oh, I don't need all that. Just send me an email, say, I'm Cyclist23, I won the guppies. I'll connect you with Josh so that you two can figure out shipping details and all that. And congratulations. 
And Josh, thank you again. I really appreciate you uh, providing the giveaway tonight and the other times you've done it. This is Foxcat punching me in the face from Chattanooga Ed. Thank you, Chattanooga Ed, for throwing down five bucks. Always appreciated. Never required, but it does help. Nick's Fish. I have a rainbow darter at home. They are great fish to keep. Yeah, they absolutely are. They're super fun. I mean, they're like the goby. The, they're like the North American goby. They, they have a lot of the same behaviors and personality and all that color. So they're pretty cool. And if, by the way, there are darters native to Florida, like the sand darter and things. So if you like darters, but you, you don't have the ability to keep them at more temperate temperatures, there's still darters you can get. Sand darters from Florida would be great for you. Candy Overhauls post in my email so the winner can contact me. And, oh, I thought we hit the bottom of the chat and then chat caught up. <laughs> Not even closed. We have six more minutes. I will do my darnest. Let's see here what we can do. So Golden Rose Lion Barbs. B-Start. That is nothing... Pythons destroy way more. Yeah, I mean, every introduced species is, is always ends up being an issue, right? It's, yeah. Rockford fish keeping. Why can't the fish farms use their evil for good, like breeding zebra plecos? Bring the price back down to $30 each. So, okay. So I saw a tour recently of a major um, fish producer and, and uh, supplier in the United States. Um, and it featured their common pleco facility. And they were very happy to mention in that video that they raised 6 million plecos a year for sale in the United States. And my heart sank. I was like, great, that's all we need. 6 million more plecos <laughs> that are going to be put in 10 gallon tanks, right? Uh, and uh, I usually don't. When I talk about this stuff, I feel like I'm getting political and I don't, this is not a political channel. I don't want to say things that are divisive, but it, it floored me that this video was talking about how great it was that they could raise and distribute 6 million plecos a year. And I was just like, oh, but the reason they do it and don't switch to bushy nose or zebra plecos or whatever, Rockford, is the economics of it. So the way they raise... <laughs> The way they raise these common plecos is this. They don't even have to breed them. People go out in the wild in Florida, put their hand in the pleco nest, pull out a softball size clump of pleco eggs, put it in a bucket, go down the creek, grab the next batch of eggs and fill these buckets full of pleco eggs. They take those to the fish farm and the fish farm just hatches them and raises them. It's super cheap. And it takes a lot less effort and space than if they were actually breeding the plecos. But they're not. They already released the plecos in the wild. Now they just have to go collect the eggs. So that's what they do. So that business model cannot compete economically with having to set up bushy-nosed plecos to spawn. Or a different species, which would be much better for the hobby, right? Because of size, basically. Bushies don't get as big. Common plecos get too big, generally, for most people who purchase them. And, and therefore, we run into lots of problems with that. We all know this. So, but that's why. So, they're not 
having to house brood stock. They're not having to pair them up and wait for them to spawn and feed them and condition them and all that and take up that time and that all that food and all those resources and that space. They just grab a clump of eggs from the wild and hatch it out. And that's why the common pleco will never go away. It's just, it's too easy for those fish farms to make money on them. So they're selling 6 million a year. Let's say they only sell them for a buck each at three inches. That's the most common size of a common pleco. A buck each, three inches, let's say that's the wholesale price. I don't know what it is actually, but it's probably a buck or more, somewhere around there. Um, that's six million bucks a year. You think any farm's gonna turn that down? No, no. Especially not a farm like the one that I saw the video of, which is bought by Central Pet and therefore is beholden to this massive corporate entity and has to meet their quarterly numbers and all that. And I don't pretend to know the inside agreement or how that works, but when you've been bought out by a massive corporation that um, has a lot of shareholders and stuff, and you've got to keep up the profits, an easy six million a year is not something you're going to quit. I wish it was, but that's kind of the, the real dirt on the common pleco and why they're still churned out by the millions. And this was just one farm, by the way, just one, six million plecos a year. Kind of breaks your heart. Anyway, on that cheery note, we'll try to get a couple more questions in before... <laughs> And if you've got a big tank and can properly house and keep a common pleco, they're amazing fish. Good for you. But we all know what happens generally to that poor fish. Um, One Dirty Platy says, can residents of Maine keep invertebrates? Just curious. I don't know. I don't know how much the uh, shrimp and snail side of things has been regulated. Beastart, make sure you don't wear yourself too thin. I'm trying, Beastart. But the reality is there are things that have to get done. And uh, sometimes it's not always like this, but there are times when there's just so much to do. So, I'm, I, and I'm not complaining. Like I'm, I'm super tired, but I'm super happy too. Like my dream is being fulfilled, and it's worth working for. It's worth sacrificing for. It's worth grinding for. And we're getting there, like sooner than I ever thought. So, it's awesome. Just sometimes it's a grind. That's all. Petsotics, do you guarantee your fish? If so, how long? Yes, I always guarantee my fish. Um, I guarantee they'll arrive alive and I don't set a specific term on it. Um, it's basically if a customer has a problem, I'll work with them. And with the exception of, I think, twice since I've been in business, it works out well to where the customer is satisfied and everyone's good. There's only been, I believe, twice and all the time I've been selling fish um, from this place, so since 2011, that uh, I haven't been able to make a customer happy. No matter what I did, they just would not be happy. And so I just refunded all their money and said, you know, never come back. I, <laughs> basically, I call it firing a customer. I don't like to do it, and I don't have to do it often, but if a customer is not going to be reasonable despite everything you're trying to do for them it's not worth it you don't want like one percent of your customer taking 90 percent of your time right you, you can't do that so every now and then there's an issue but not often so there's no specific thing other than i'm here to um 
I'm here to ensure that my customers are successful and I work with them to make that happen. Oh, we're, we're over time. So we are going to shut it down there. Um, <laughs> sorry, you got a little negative tonight, guys. Uh, usually I'm pretty Zen. I, I do enjoy this stuff. I, I enjoy being on the live stream with you guys, but there are things that worry me. And I think we covered most of them tonight. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, um, hope you all have a good one. I want to thank my mods for doing what they do. Couldn't do this without you. Well, it would be a big fat mess without you. Let's put it that way. Um, everyone that left a super chat, thank you. It's always appreciated. Never required, but it helps a ton. Everyone with your questions and comments, thanks for participating. You lurkers, hail the lurker nation. Everyone watching on the replay, wish you could be here live. One day we'll get you here live and we'll be able to chat in real time. But until then, I hope you have a good one. I'll see you next Wednesday, 7 p.m. Mountain Time. I believe Punchy Paints is probably going next. So check her out at 9 p.m. in 28 minutes. And oh, not streaming tonight. Never mind. Going Saturday night. So scratch that. Punchy Paints is not going tonight. But on Saturday, she will be. And it's a fun stream when you need some story time with our very own Pam. Anyway, until next Wednesday, 7 p.m. Mountain Time. I hope you have a good one. Thank you, everybody.